0: All right, so we're back again for another uh, conversation on Cutting Room Floor. Um, Last two weeks, we've talked about Genesis 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. Last week, we did a sort of a brief survey of different particular views. And this week, we want to just take a second to kind of zoom in. Yeah. Right. There's like tons of modern questions around evolution. Yeah. Tons of modern questions around creation. And there's a, a small cohort of people who are trying to figure out how do we do this together? Totally. And we thought maybe it was worth kind of digging in a little bit to like their key perspectives, their theology, mm-hmm. their sort of grounding in science. Cause we thought maybe it would be sort of an interesting and thoughtful way of engaging with a particular theory. Totally. Yeah. Um, so it's called, or at least one of the ways it's called is called bio logos. Yeah. that's the website. You can go look at it for resources, questions, answers kind of thing, yeah. but Maybe we can start in with like, so, what is it? Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So yeah. So yeah. BioLogos is the organization. It's the name of this this group yeah. foundation, if you will.
0: Yeah. And maybe just clarify, right? Logos is word. Yes. Bio is life. Life. Yeah. Right. So the integration of the scriptures and biology, or how life formed on Earth. Hell yeah! How it Essentially, goes. Essentially, Together.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Francis Collins, brilliant scientist, Christian follower of Jesus, founded this organization. There's a lot of brilliant people kind of working within this group, uh, trying to figure out how do science and faith, the scriptures, biology kind of come together. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take this kind of a little bit of a, kind of a launching pad, if you yeah. will, just to kind of explore kind of what they're about and yeah. kind and of where we just, might. Sorry,
0: one last one is maybe just to say that like all theories, BioLogos has diversity.
1: Totally. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So we'll get into that in a minute, but yeah. like there is an
1: exact uniformity exactly. in
0: agreement on actually even what this looks like. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. And I think it'd be helpful even just to start kind of, and I can put the, the link to this in the, in the notes, but their kind of statement of faith, kind of what they're yeah, kind of great. broadly about. Um, you can just, it's on their website again, I'll have the link there, but they have 11 things. I'm not going to read all 11 yeah. of them, but just kind of, at least for me, when I was looking over this, some of the big takeaways that stood out to me was that this is like an historic Orthodox group of people that love Jesus. So we're talking about people that affirm the deity yeah. of Jesus that that who God is, the, the trustworthiness and the authority of the scriptures, all your kind of like your classic big doctrinal things that what make Jesus followers, Jesus followers. They're not playing fast and loose. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just really important to, to get at, but they also, they have this concept, What we're, what they're trying to do is look at, uh, what the two books is kind of what they call and what they mean, what I mean by this, what they mean by this is there's the book of nature and then there's God's word, the scriptures. And how both of those, God is the author behind nature and the scripture. And that they're not going to, in their view, contradict each other. So they're trying to figure out how can we, I don't know if reconcile is the right word, but bring together the nature, what God has done and authored in creation and the scriptures. And in the
0: modern church, we often like, that language is a little foreign to us. Sure. But actually, if you go, if you do a little digging historically, like Calvin would have said this. I mean, these are like big people like Luther would have said yes. this. Most of the reformers would have said this. And even as you move forward into the United States, Jonathan Edwards would exactly. have said these. These are like big heavyweight thinkers. Totally. They would have agreed with that.
1: Exactly. I think it's important that you mention that because this isn't just like some new fad coming on the scene totally. just to, you know, justify a particular to, Exactly. Yeah. 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 So there is, a, there is a deep anchoring in yeah. just church history and the tradition that's, you know, come before us. And so then kind of another thing, too, as I was reading their statement of faith, they're really trying to push back against kind of this popular notion that if you believe the Bible, you can't believe in evolution. And if you believe in evolution, you can't believe in the Bible. And yeah. so you have Christians and non-Christians that sure. kind of assume that that's the reality.
0: Yeah. yeah, you were just sharing about a book, right? The Fool yeah. and the Heretic. And totally, sort of yeah. This, this guy who thinks, you know, whatever. It's sort of this, you know, if you, if you don't take the scriptures seriously and you're really into the science, you're the yeah, heretic, exactly, right? Yeah. But if you take uh, the Bible seriously then, and you sort of push aside science, you're the fool. The fool, yeah, And totally. it's like, often that's how we approach this.
1: Exactly, and there, in that book, there was someone from the BioLogos organization and someone that holds to kind of a more six-day literal yeah. young earth view, how they both had assumptions about each other In those negative lights, even almost character assumptions, but how as they met each other, dialogue together, they began not to necessarily agree on everything, but to grow in at least mutual understanding to a certain degree. But anyway, that's kind of the first thing I want to just briefly touch on was a little bit about their statement of faith, broadly speaking. But then maybe to transition a little bit, there's five things at least that I was kind of looking at this that stood out to me that specifically... I think BioLogos is trying to articulate and teach. And obviously you can go on their website and there's yeah, they a, have a plethora lot of resources. Of resources. Yeah. Uh,
0: if you have questions, they almost certainly have a answer. Totally. Whether or not it's an answer you agree with. Yeah, yeah. They have at an least answer. some response, yeah. totally.
1: But I just want to kind of go through some of these five different things that okay. that BioLogos is more or less articulating sort or of trying of capture to capture the ethos. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So the first one, evolutionary creationism is kind of their language as far as broadly what they are trying to teach or articulate uh, just to society in general. And so evolution and creation, what is that? Basically, it's this idea that God is the creator. God okay. is the one who is behind all of this, all of this creation. Yet they would say that it, God had done this through a guided process of evolution. Okay. Now this would be different than just evolution as like a theory or a worldview where God is out of the picture they want to really affirm and emphasize that, no, God is the creator. God is the one who is responsible for all of what we see and, and have in, the, in yeah. this universe. But they're open to the fact that very likely it was through the process of what we might call in modern terms, evolution. Yeah.
0: And just maybe couching that historically, like you have this convergence, the turn of the 20th century mm-hmm. where you have Freud. Yeah. You have Darwin you have a number of really influential people and you see the church sort of react totally to Freud and Darwin and others. And you kind of have this feel, I think that we've inherited in the modern world where we have this reactivity yeah. to evolution To exactly. And it's like, these guys are trying to say, maybe we shouldn't be reactive.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And maybe we should kind of, maybe slow down a little bit and figure out, okay, what can we learn if yeah. going back to that two book yeah. thing what can we learn from nature? What can we learn from science and see how that God, if he's the creator of everything that perhaps God has spoken and worked through nature and that we can kind of come together with with some of that. So that's kind of the first thing, evolutionary creationism. The second thing broadly, specifically to the book of Genesis that they want to really articulate, especially the first 11 chapters of Genesis in particular, that, that Genesis, yes, is a a true account. These are ancient narratives, but they want to ground this in the fact that this is an ancient text. Uh, meaning that we might not always just be able to pick up the book of Genesis in the first few chapters and say, oh, six days, that's exactly what we think of as six 24-hour days is kind of like the classic sure. example with that. So kind of their almost a direct quote here is that we believe Genesis is a true account that, like, in, like other ancient narratives, uses vivid imagery to describe past events. It is silent on the scientific questions we might wish to answer. So that's
0: a quote from, from, from BioLogos
1: on their yeah. website. So basically what they're trying to do is the book of Genesis is speaking to theological questions, who God is, you know, who we are as humans, what are we here for, those kind of Bible theology type yeah. questions. And they basically want to let science deal with the science questions. Yeah. And so not to necessarily import our modern questions about how does the Bible answer specifically, you know, questions of origins or age of the earth or, you know, where humans came from or the evolutionary process. They want the Bible to speak to theology, kind of, you know, those big things, and then science to speak uh, to science. And so that kind of leads into then specifically with the number three, the days in Genesis 1. I don't need to go into a ton of detail on this. We've talked about a little bit before, Um, but for them very specifically, they would articulate the days as being not necessarily like, a historical thing that happened at like time zero, where like day one is literally the first day of the universe, day two is literally the second day of the universe. Again, science is gonna answer the age of the earth questions, but Genesis one with the six days is gonna be talking about either, there's a variety of ways that, again, the nuance and the diversity of BioLogos within that worldview or within this frame where the, the days can be speaking to either like a temple inauguration ceremony They can be speaking to the fact that God is bringing order out of chaos where Mm. the first three days are God forming these different realms and then filling those realms on Mm. days four, five, and six. poetic structure. poetic structure with that. Mm. So they're, again, not downplaying the the trustworthiness or the authority of scriptures. They're wanting to ask the scriptures and ask God, what is God through this human author intending to communicate? You know, what is the text actually saying about this world, who God is? And it might not necessarily be answering our questions about the age of the earth and yeah. be telling us about something about the nature of this world, the nature of God, sure. things like that. That makes sense. Um, so that's kind of the, the days. Yeah. Now, these last two, number four and five, also I think raise some potential either pushback or questions, at least for me as yeah. I kind of think about some so of like this. So like up to
0: this point, you would say smart people, really faithful people can have different opinions. Yeah. But you can sort of generally see where they're coming totally, from. Totally, yeah. As you get into these last two, you're like, Well, maybe there's some more sticking points here. Totally.
1: Yeah. And here's where, like, you know, ask me in six months after I've read a little bit more. Maybe I'll change my opinion on it. But this number four here, the nature of Adam and Eve. So depending on who you talk to within BioLogos, I know, you know, N.T. Wright's kind of uh, a part of this group kind of from from a distance. He articulates that Adam and Eve perhaps were real historical people, but that they were not the first two humans to ever walk planet Earth, sure. but that God had chosen Adam and Eve from an already existing group of humans. Yeah. And the reason being is because when BioLogos looks at the science and kind of the biology of kind of genetics and human origins, yeah. that in their view, the science points to the direction that humans did not start from a just a original pair, but evolved over time to the point where that humans came from an already existing larger group yeah. of species, if yeah. you will.
0: And even biblically, like there is a, a question there because yeah. with Cain and Abel, yes. right? Like they, these are just their kids, yeah. right? If they're the only people on earth, then why is Cain afraid that he's going to go places and people are going to kill him? Exactly, yeah. Like if no other humans exist, then that fear doesn't make any
1: sense. Exactly, yeah.
0: Um So there there is like a biblical side to this of figuring out, well, then why would Cain be afraid of other exactly, people totally. if no one else exists?
1: No one else exists, yeah. So I think Biologos kind of uses that and says, okay, this kind of helps answer at least some of those questions. Yeah. Kind of though within this question of like a historical first human pair, you know, there are, there are questions to this because yeah. it does seem as you go into the New Testament, Romans totally. 5, 1 Corinthians 15, that for Paul, it really does matter that there was a historical pair totally. from who we all trace yeah. our ancestry back. And so even thinking about some of the different, Ways art, this is articulated within Biologos, you have kind of the NT right yeah. kind of being chosen from a selected group. Others, I think Scott McKnight and, and maybe John Walton a little bit, talk about being, Adam and Eve being archetypal, so kind of being almost symbolic figures. Yeah. But then again, my question is Romans 5, 1st yeah. 15 again. Tim, again Keller Tim Keller also was
0: yeah. a part of Biologos. He would then push back on like what you're saying, like, no, no, no these are real historical, historical figures, figures and Paul yeah. understood them that way. And so should we totally.
1: Yes. And and Keller has this brilliant article where he basically kind of asks one of those, that main question of, it does seem to me that or for Keller, that a historical Adam and Eve really matters to the biblical narrative, especially when you get to salvation and Romans five yep. and, and those sorts of things. Um, so okay. yeah, so that's number four, yeah. Adam and Eve. So there's a lot, lot there. a lot there. Yeah. The last one, number five kind of related to that is death. Okay. And so, yeah thinking about death okay how does death fit into this narrative if we're gonna say if biologos is gonna say that through the means of evolution or through an evolutionary process God created or this world is as it is because of some form of evolution along the way because you know by definition the evolutionary process at least implies if not states that death is somehow involved in that process you know certain species die off certain ones remain but when you get to the biblical narrative, it seems that it's Romans 5, through one man's sin, yeah. death entered the world. So shouldn't the origin of death be Genesis 3? But if evolution is true or how it fits yeah. in, it seems like death has always been a part of yeah, yeah. kind of the creator. So that's of where it's baked
0: into how evolution yeah, works. Yeah,
1: so that's where, again, for me, kind of in- There's some breakdown there. There's some breakdown there where I have to either, you know, do some more research or reading. I'm just kind of trying to point out this is, yeah. you know, there on the table. Yeah, so, no, it's good. Um, and I think this is important also just thinking about death, like kind of one of the ways that this kind of gets articulated and talked about though, is that death, what are we talking about when we talk about death?
0: Yeah. So like Adam, right? They say he, he's going to die when he eats the fruit, Adam yeah. and but he lives 900 years. Exactly. So yeah. what does it mean to eat the fruit and die?
1: It die. Yeah. So there does seem to be this aspect of in the narrative, like when you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. Like you just mentioned, he doesn't physically die. Immediately. He, immediately, yes. Which is, I think, important, right? Totally. So is this
0: a delay or a different understanding of death?
1: Exactly. So, like, he is banished from the garden. So there's yeah. this aspect of being separated from the yeah. presence of God that I think is implied yeah. in this Which may idea even of be death. more
0: significant biological death. Totally.
1: Exactly. The,
0: the scripture may even be saying
1: that. Totally. Yeah, and I think also that's one of the things that kind of biologos would point to yeah. when people ask about the death question. Another thing they would point to kind of real briefly here is that when Paul is talking in Romans 5 and 1 Corinthians 15 about death entering the world through the sin of, of Adam, it's talking about, Paul is talking about human death. That's yeah. kind of what they would say. And so all the, the stuff with animals and plants and decay and you know all those sorts of things, that might just be a question left on the table for science to answer in the Bible, specifically speaking about human death. Because even, you were just mentioning this before we started recording, the moment Adam or Eve takes that fruit from the tree, technically that piece of fruit is not connected to the life source of that tree and is, you know, in one way you could describe it has is, has died if yeah. you will. Um, so there's just, uh, you know, ways that people in within BioLogos try to answer that. Yeah. That question.
0: Well, I think what's helpful about this hopefully is it sort of shapes like a little deeper dive into one particular theory that yeah. kind of, I think carries some of the deeper anxieties, worries, conflicts we have cognitively around the scripture and science. Yeah. Um, So again, like this isn't necessarily our view. Sure. But it is a dive into a particular perspective that I think helps us appreciate what's going on both in the world. Yeah. uh, And in the scriptures and one person's attempt at finding a way or a group's attempt at finding a way forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Cool. Thanks, man.
1: Yep.